friends. Thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled because I'm also a lifestyle photographer and now your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Local Table podcast. We have an, a special guest with us this week, my bookkeeper, actually. <laughs> um, and her name is Adrienne. And so we're I'm excited to have her on here. And we're going to talk all about money and business. Um, but Adrienne, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Sure. Hey. So I am Adrienne, and I own um, a company called Inline Accounting. And I started Inline Accounting in the end of 2016. So it's going on for almost five years here soon. And essentially what we do is we take over your monthly bookkeeping specifically for small creative businesses. So a lot of people in the wedding industry, a lot of um, like digital marketers, web designers, a lot of service-based businesses. And so we, you know, take over the monthly books from start to finish. So they can pretty much say, just give me my report at the end of the month. It's how much much money I made. And um, that's it, you know? So yeah. I mean, besides that, um, I am married and I have a almost one and a half year old daughter. So that's always... That yeah, takes up so a lot fun. of, a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, she's a blast. <laughs> yeah, I love so that. Fun. Very cool. Um, I know this is like we were talking before we started recording, and you know, money and like with small businesses, especially, is always like a touchy subject because nobody yeah. really wants to like talk about money or the numbers. You know, they just want to yeah. be like, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and just like make money, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Um, but I think it's such a good topic to talk about and. And really yeah. like get down to like understanding our, our numbers and our finances so that we can run successful and profitable businesses and uh, yeah. you know, pay ourselves and make money. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more from you and for our listeners to learn more and like take away some tangible things that they can do with their money and their business and, you know, why they should yeah. hire a bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not like the most glitzy part of running a business, you know, it's not like the branding or getting new client leads or any of that, but it's definitely like a foundational piece that you have to have. I mean, there's always taxes and taxes are scary and you have to Mm -hmm. have the groundwork laid out, you know, which are your basics of how much money did you make? How much money did you spend in what areas? So it's definitely like as boring and horrible it is, you know, (laughs) to go through and be like, we need a budget or do this. It's, it's something that you kind of have to do in order to grow and scale your business. For sure. It's definitely a, yeah. It's a fundamental yeah. piece for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. So how did you get into starting your own bookkeeping business? Have you always been a numbers person? Like what got you um, motivated, inspired to do this as your business? Yeah. So I'd say um, 
it's, I think I've always, maybe not so much been a numbers person, but I've always been like an organizer type, Mm -hmm. you know? So the way I feel about doing bookkeeping is very much like uh, if you were going into someone's home and organizing it, you know, I feel like I'm going into someone's business financing and making sure everything is in its designated spot and that it's correct and super simple and easy to read. So that's how I feel. I feel like I'm just a, a big organizer of numbers all the time. Yeah. So I got started. I went to, um, I got my degree in accounting. And when you get your degree in accounting, a lot of times you're kind of pushed into either taxes or auditing. Okay. And I never felt like passionate about either one. So from the beginning, I knew I wanted to take a third route, which was like corporate accounting is what I thought I wanted to do. So when I graduated, I got a corporate accounting job, started that and realized that, you know, like it just wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought going in, I was like, just give me my weekends and holidays, you know, <laughs> like I'll like, like the structure of that will be great. And um, once I was there actually doing it, I just, it, it just didn't fit me, you know, like it is. Yeah. I knew there was something else out there. And um, while I was doing my corporate accounting job, I was doing the bookkeeping for a few of their businesses. And that's where I kind of got the, um, the light bulb went off, so to speak, you know, and I saw the opportunity to do bookkeeping, but for creative business owners. So you know, in the beginning, I was thinking like bloggers and YouTubers or, you know, those yeah. type of clients. And, um, and it felt like there was a need for that. And um, especially accounting is kind of an ancient field, you know, it's generally, <laughs> it's generally yeah. like older um, people who are near retirement and uh, also like not, like we said, not very fun and um, can be very confusing. So my whole goal of it was to create something that I could work with creative business owners and give them their finances in a very simplistic, straightforward way without all the complicated and technical like accounting jargon. Yeah. So just make it easy and as simple as possible. So it's not a um, pain point each month for them, you know? Yeah. Cause, and I think that's a huge thing because especially in the creative realm, you know, artists and stuff, or even someone like me, we just want to focus on the creative side of the business and we're never, we're always putting off like the numbers and the accounting and the taxes, you know, and then you come to the end of the month or, you know, sometimes people wait till the end of the year and it's like so overwhelming with receipts and like knowing, you know, where your numbers are falling. And so I feel like it's so good that I have you even to take care of that on a monthly basis, just to see where I'm, I'm landing. And like, yeah, all of those numbers are harder to do, I think, especially for creative. So I feel like that you've filled such a gap in the market. Yeah. And you know, the numbers can tell you how much you've grown, which is always super exciting. You know, what months are usually your biggest for the year and um, also months that might be your biggest expense months or your low uh, low volume months that you know, oh, I should save up a little bit extra in preparation for that, you know, and that, yeah. And it's good to get, it's a good feeling um, to get that clarity from those numbers because you feel reassured, like, okay, I can pay myself this much. I can afford that. Mm. Or I can, I have to save up this much for taxes. Um, and there's a comfort in knowing that your business is, you know, 
a successful running business and you can make room for all these goals that you have. You know, I want to pay myself this much per month and I want to hire someone, you know, do I have the money to do that? And so those are, you kind of need to have that profit and loss report and historical numbers. And so you can determine, okay, can I do that? For sure. Yeah. And so I think that's a great segue into, um, you know, issues that come up a lot with creative business owners. And one of the things that you and I were talking about is like a lot of questions you get from people or that they just don't know is how much do they set aside for taxes? How much do they pay themselves? Like how often? And so how do you educate people on that? Yeah. To determine that. Because of course it's different for everybody, but what for Mm -hmm. you is kind of the best educational route. If somebody is like, I can't hire a bookkeeper right now. What would you tell business owners? Yeah, so um, you know, there's a couple simple calculations you can do. Generally, the advice for saving for taxes would be, you know, if you're saving 30% of your profit each month, you're doing great. Normally, I'm like, if you save at least 20%, you're doing good. You know, yeah. <laughs> because some people, some people would like be like, whoa, 30%, like that's a lot. I don't know if I want to do that, and considering everyone's um, like tax write-offs at the end of the year and their situation of how their filing is different. So it can vary for sure. So I always say, you know, it kind of comes back to doing your books, but if you generally know what your net profit is at the end of each month, so it'd be like your total sales minus any of your business expenses, that number is your net profit and will be what is used to determine your tax taxes due. And so Mm -hmm. if you take that number, you could do it either per month or per quarter or per year and multiply that by 20%, 25%, 30%, whatever you determine is going to be your tax savings rate, then you'll know how much you have to have set aside at the end of the year. So a great, I always tell people like, just do it monthly. Each month, you know, see how much you profited and immediately take 20% of that and move it into a savings account and just don't touch it. Yeah. Out, it's gone. It's out of reach. And if you pay your quarterlies, then each quarter it will be taken out of that account anyways, and you won't even think about it. Yeah, so um, that's great. That's a, that's a big one. As far as paying yourself, it's it's essentially comes back down to the bookkeeping too, where you can say, okay, um, what's my profit? How much do I have to save for taxes? Let's subtract that out and then see how much I have left over now. And that can determine how much you can pay yourself taking into consideration also um, if you have any other business expenses, you know, so if you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to buy a new computer next month or something, taking that into into consideration as well. So would you say for people, I feel like I've read and like heard a lot of different things of like how you should manage your money in terms of like, I've heard that you should sometimes pay yourself first and then, you know, pull money for taxes and then your business expenses. What for you is the thing that you suggest typically to clients or small business owners in general? Yes. I love the payer first. Um, It's the profit first method. There's a whole book. It's called profit first. It's great. It kind of turns your general the equation upside down. So normally it's, you know, how much do you make minus your expenses and you get to keep what's left over. And this one instead is saying, how much do you need to make each month? You know, so let's say I need to make $2,000 a month to pay my bills and that's my minimum that I can pay myself. Now you can work backwards and say, okay, I need to make $2,000. Let's, how much will my business expenses 
cost and now take it up a level to where how much do I have to make to cover both my business expenses and pay myself. So you're essentially working backwards. And also it really helps you determine how much can you afford in business expenses? You know, if you want to, if you have to pay yourself a certain amount, and you don't have the extra funds and maybe hire a, an assistant, a virtual assistant or, or a bookkeeper or something, then you just know your, your business might not be at that level yet, you know, where you have the mm-hmm. extra money to, to add in those pieces. Another thing too, is like another thing I've seen is a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs will start their business and like not pay themselves for months, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we always forget to pay ourselves first. Yeah, yes. And so it's you know you keep putting investing it into the business, which is great and helps it grow. You totally need to do that. At the same time, you want to give yourself the satisfaction, like I'm running a successful business and I get to pay myself because of that. And so it's even if you pay yourself fifty bucks a month, you know, on the first, at least you're giving yourself a paycheck, which is super important. You can go have like a nice lunch or something. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I like what you said about having, you know, a savings account to throw your tax money in, or even if you're like paying yourself, just to pull that money out of your checking. Because I'm definitely a visual person, so. When I first started my business, I opened like a separate business account right away because I couldn't like in my mind looking at my personal bank account, I was like, I can't like see separate the picture yeah. and separate yeah. it out of like what is for taxes and stuff. So even just like having those accounts, yeah. like to me, whenever I even like personal savings, business savings, I'm always like, okay, I see that number, but it like doesn't really exist because, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I know for me, it's there for like emergencies or taxes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that's really important, right? For people to open that up from the start and really separate those out. I know we were talking about that before. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, it's nice to visually see it where like you're assigning money, it's role and it's job that it's going to do for you, you know? And it's nice to Mm -hmm. see it laid out in the different buckets because then you just have the clarity again, you know? Okay, like that is for taxes and I'm fine. Like I'm covered. I don't have to worry. Where's the money? at you know april every year and that's a huge burden like it's so hard to get to april and say oh my goodness i didn't know i was gonna owe that much and then you don't have the money and you're like even more stressed out now you know so it's so good to just prep for that beforehand and set aside what you can and separate it out so you're not having to try to recall okay, how much of that money in my checking account was for taxes again? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's so good. Yeah. And it just makes it simple again. Just simplify it. Do your different accounts. You know, with the Profit First Method, also there's a lot of people will do um, like five separate checking accounts. Mm. And they'll name each one. So one will be for like operating expenses for the business. One will be for your owner's compensation. So that's the money that you're paying yourself each month. And then there's profit which would be what you keep in the business. So if you went over in your expenses one month or wanted to invest in something, and that's not a usual expense, you would come out of there. And if there's money left in it, you get to give yourself that profit disbursement at the end of the quarter. And then they do taxes as well. Yeah, they just It's almost like the envelope system, like the old school envelope system. Yeah. But instead, it's just with online banking. And it's, it's a great way if you're someone who needs to visually see it all, assign it to a category. And so things don't get mixed up and just keep everything structured. Really sure. simple. 
Yeah, I need to, I've heard a lot about Profit First and I need to read the book and it's been on my book list for a long time. So maybe I'll go out and get that right away yeah. to, to read it and learn a little bit more. So why, can you share a little bit of why you think it's so important to hire a bookkeeper? I know we you know touched on some like basic things, but I think for a lot of business owners, especially myself in the beginning, I was very hesitant about outsourcing it because I felt like, oh, I can do that. It's easy. Like I don't have a ton of, you know, training transactions or service-based business, it wasn't like I was keeping track of inventory and like all these Mm -hmm. overhead costs, like major costs. But I also knew to a certain degree that I was like, I don't enjoy doing this. I put it off (laughs) all the time. Um, And once I finally outsourced it and realized that I was getting my own time back, that I would have spent doing that. It was just like such a relief for me. And like recently, I think I had told you when I hired you on, I spent like hours, I think like five hours one night trying to figure out how to reconcile my books. And you like figured it out in like 10 (laughs) minutes. And I was so like frustrated with myself. Like, I spent so much time. I know. Yeah. That reconciling is is tough sometimes. All it takes is one thing to throw it off. Totally. And it's, you know, it's hard, I think, sometimes for us to like recognize that it's not a strong suit, you know, or strong, like a strength of ours and just to pass it off. So, um, I mean, that for me is like why it's important, but I'd love to hear from you of why you think for especially creative, like small businesses, why they should hire out a bookkeeper. Yeah. So I think, um, like you said, it's, you get to get your own time back, which is super important. So you get to focus on what your skill set is and your strengths and getting new clients, growing your business, you know, acting as CEO of, of the business. So that's a huge plus. I mean, a lot of, I get a lot of business owners who are either like, I just don't have time anymore to do it, which is a great problem to have. Um, I don't like yeah. doing it. I don't understand <laughs> how to do it. And, you know, by outsourcing it in each of the situations, it's a win-win, you know, you get accurate, reports and you don't you get your time back you also get to you know like up level your business by outsourcing an area which is always a great feeling it feels like you're trying to wear all the hats and when you get to start outsourcing certain things it's a great signal that you're growing and scaling your business which is always nice yeah yeah Um, it's huge and then, yeah, but like the reconciling thing, um, <laughs> quick, like QuickBooks Online, it's a, it's a software and it's a super user-friendly software. It's like an app, which is great. You know, it's pretty easy to do certain things in it. But at the end of the day, it's still an accounting mm-hmm. software, you know? And so everything you do in there is going to be affecting something else. And so if you're not like, if you don't know the accounting concepts, sometimes you could be doing something you think is correct. And it's actually like double counting your income or double counting Mm. the expense or you're not reconciling your bank account. So now there's things missing that you didn't realize that you're missing tax write-offs because of that or paying. And so, and therefore paying more in taxes that you shouldn't be. So um, that's a big part of it, you know, is, is knowing that software and knowing the accounting concepts behind it to make Mm -hmm. sure that everything is a hundred percent accounted for and correct. And so in the end of the year, hopefully it saves you a bunch of money in taxes because now you have a complete list of all your write-offs for your CPA or tax preparer. For sure. And it's like investing that money on a month to month basis, like you said, so that you're not missing 
large sums of like tax yeah. breaks or, you know, write-offs or yeah. getting that money back. And, and I think that's kind of where it's like seeing the long-term picture, right? Of yeah. like spending the money up front for someone else to do it so that you can make sure taxes are being done yeah. correctly. And it's like a, maybe you make great, more of a profit at the end of the year, you know? Yeah. It's a great way to, I think, to hold yourself accountable to keep up your books, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you, have me, if you have me emailing you once or twice a month, checking in, you're like, oh, I got to do that. I got to answer yeah. the email and, and yeah. make sure my books are current um, because it's so easy to just, you know, you get one month behind and you're like, next month when I'm less busy, I'll get to it or next week I'll do it. And all of a sudden the whole year passes by and now it's you sitting down all day, highlighting your bank statements trying to categorize yeah. the expenses. <laughs> and then you're like, what was that thing I bought back in February? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> like, I have no idea what that target yeah. expenses for. I don't know. Yeah. For so sure. it's like, it's just do it when it's top of mind. It's always the best. It's always easier in the long run. And you'll be thanking yourself for the house yeah. that goes at, um, during tax time. Yeah, you know? sure. Hey friends, so real quick, I wanted to jump in here because if you're feeling a little lost and all over the place in managing your business, then I've got the answer for you. HoneyBook is the number one platform that I use in my business and I want to share this with you all so that you can find a way to manage your business easily, keep track of your clients, their projects, send contracts, get paid on time, and even set up automatic workflows. I use HoneyBook to manage my business and trust me, this is the key to keeping me sane, staying organized, getting paid on time, and even working while I sleep. I've been able to automate my business through HoneyBook and it gives me back my time to work on the business instead of spending time working in the business and how it runs. Y'all, workflows and automation are amazing and the key to help growing your business. So if you need a project management system, go to honeybook.com and sign up today. But before you do, I have a code for y'all to sign up by getting 50% off your first year. Let me tell you, this will be money worth spent and you'll get your time back in your business. Now to me, that sounds pretty amazing. So head to bit.ly backslash FA Honeybook. That's bit.ly backslash FA Honeybook to get started and get 50% off today. For you, what would you say is, you know, two to three like big mistakes that you see a lot of small business owners making with their money if they're not if they don't have a bookkeeper what is something that you see as a common um reoccurrence so i don't i don't think we've touched on this yet but like um the biggest thing is keeping business and personal money separate Mm -hmm. so if you're going to start a small business, like the first thing you want to do and the first thing I always advise is just create a new checking account for that business. Like there's a lot of places that offer free checking accounts and just do that right away from the start. Even if you don't know how big it's going to grow or anything, it's just, if you do nothing else, if you do no bookkeeping ever for it, at the very least, <laughs> you'll have all your income and expenses coming in and out of that checking account. Mm-hmm. And that will serve to be like your very basic bookkeeping system. Like your bank statements will be there so you yeah. can refer back to them at the end of the year and categorize things. And um, like from a legal standpoint, it's super important also because you don't want to commingle funds between personal and business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you want to just make sure you keep everything separate just so you're safe in all sides, you know? So I'd say like, yeah. that's the golden rule. Just separate business and personal from the start and uh, just get used to always, you know, having your business card that you run everything on. That's yeah. super important. Um, see what else besides that, you know, it's, getting behind like we were just talking about i mm-hmm. see a lot of people who are like uh i want to outsource but i have like a year of stuff to catch up on yeah <laughs> you're like let's get to work yes <laughs> get caught <laughs> up organizing this. yeah um, so that's a big one i think another one that i see just as like a tip too for anyone out there who is using venmo in their business i think it's like a very common thing because it's so mm-hmm. easy it's instant there's no fees um, but there's also a big risk of missing transactions that you do through Venmo. Oh, okay. Because so I always like my advice if you do use Venmo in your business um, is to always keep a zero balance in there. Always. Mm-hmm. So if you get paid by a client, immediately move the funds into your business checking account. Um, and if you pay someone like a second shooter or a contractor through Venmo, always make sure that Venmo is pulling that money out of your checking account because you don't have a balance sitting in there already. Because if you do have a balance sitting in there, when you pay someone, the money is going to get taken out of your Venmo balance and you're never going to see it come across your checking account. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. So, and if you're, let's say, for example, like I'm doing the bookkeeping and your checking, your business checking accounts connect to QuickBooks and I'm going through and categorizing transactions, I'll never see mm-hmm. that you paid that contractor because it never pulled the money out. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, I always say, just keep it at a zero if you're going to use Venmo. You know, Venmo is kind of like the, in the accounting world, like don't use Venmo for business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, a lot of people use it for business, you know? Yeah. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you just got to just using that system will make sure that you are capturing everything through there. Right. So. Being diligent because, yeah, if you're paying a contractor and then you forget to tell your bookkeeper or record it yourself, yeah. like you said, then it's just like that's gone and like yeah. a loss of a business expense and a write off yeah. that you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really good to know. I feel like those are really helpful things, just like separating it out and, you know, being diligent on your own so that your bookkeeper can do a good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's really, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, like my thing always too, is like, if you're not ready to outsource your bookkeeping, I always say just find a system that works for you and do Mm -hmm. that because everyone has a different way that makes sense to their brain and their, you know, personality and everything and yep. some people want to see it visually some people um, want like an app on their phone that will just connect to their bank account and automatically start assigning categories so whatever your system is of spreadsheets paper and pencil whatever it is <laughs> just find something that works you know and that you do yeah. and that's going to be the best you know way mm-hmm. to DIY it it's just finding something that you're willing to spend like an hour on each month and, yeah. and doing it. Which is great, I think, for, you know, new, like, super small businesses that are just, like, getting off the ground and, you know, don't maybe have the money and they kind of have the time in the beginning to track that themselves. And there's, you know, less expenses or income coming in, if, especially if it's, like, a side thing. Because um, yeah. I know I was using Excel when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it does get confusing, um, you know, and then it was eventually, like, 
I had the money to pay for like QuickBooks and integrate that into systems yeah. and, you know, eventually yeah. hire someone to do it. But I think that's a great piece of advice for people just to like find something that works for you that keeps track. Cause there's yeah. no like wrong way as long as you have the numbers and they're correct yeah. and you're organizing yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Spreadsheets are amazing. You could do everything on spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> if that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I love what a good are some, spreadsheet. Yeah, same. <laughs> and like Google Drive, Excel. Yes. yes. <laughs> like everything's on a Google Sheet pretty much. Yeah. It all lives yeah. on the Google Sheet. I love it. What are some other tips that you have for entrepreneurs on ways that they can, you know, manage money or save money in their business as well? Um, an automatic recurring transfer each month into your savings account is a great mm. idea. So I would definitely recommend, you know, setting that up. The less you have to think about something or spend time on something, the better, you know? Yeah. Anything you can automate, you know, so if you're doing, if you're doing your bookkeeping within QuickBooks, say you haven't outsourced it to a bookkeeper, there are these things in QuickBooks called bankrolls. So if you have, let's mm-hmm. say you're paying for Dubsado every single month, you have a Dubsado charge coming out. Um, you can set up a rule in QuickBooks. Every time it sees Dubsado come through, it will auto-categorize it for you into the dues and subscriptions account or ox expense account, mm-hmm. wherever you've been putting it. So that's another way to automate that categorization of your expenses is if you have some recurring ones that now you don't have to think about going in yeah. and manually adding them, which is great. There's a lot of little tips and tricks, you know, things that you can automate, which is like, huge, I think, in growing your business too. The less you can spend time on things, the better. Yeah, for sure. I think automation is is key for sure. Like it always takes time and like the the front end to set it up, yeah, right? But it definitely it helps save time in the long run because you're not like repeating that same step yeah. over and over again. Yeah, definitely like, you know, you put the hard work in up front and it's not perfect all the time. Like automation, you know, a lot of the times Mm-hmm. It's great, but sometimes it's not perfect. So it's always good to go back and review that as well. Because I've seen QuickBooks will sometimes think they're doing the right thing and they're totally not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have um, seen that where it like links up with certain people. Yes. And I'm like, that is not the That's, person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is not right. Yeah. You, you guessed wrong. Um, yeah. And, and another thing too, a great thing to do at the end of the year, the end of the month is to if you use a program like a contract program like Dubsado or some other similar contract program or Stripe, you know, to Mm -hmm. run client payments through is to, at the end of the period, run a report showing like total payments received, your total merchant fees. So you can take those numbers from the contract program and compare it to what you're showing in your bookkeeping system, whether it be QuickBooks or your spreadsheet. So you yeah. know that those are matching. They should be yeah. matching. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you okay. want to make sure that, you know, what you're reporting on the, the bookkeeping or the tax site is accurately reflected in your CRM system and on the like merchant processor side as well. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing just to double check at the end of the year, make sure everything's totally accurate and accounted for. Yeah. I like the idea of automatically transferring money like to a savings account. I think that's such a good idea (laughs) because I think we, you know, we try to remember to do that every month of like, we want to move a certain amount over, you know, or save something. But I feel like 
it just automatically doing it for me. It, you're right. It's like one less thing to think about. And yeah. I think it also helps with that like mental vision, especially of like, okay, well that money's already gone. I'm not even going to think about like out of something out that of I mind. can spend. Yeah. 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 And then before you know it, you'll look at your savings and be like, dang, how did I get that much money in there? <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize. And you won't even miss that. it because you won't even realize that it was taken out in the first place. You know, it's very much kind of like living uh, within your means, you know, whatever money mm-hmm. you have in your account that you can spend, you'll probably kind of spend about that amount. And if it's gone, it's not there spent. So it's a great, and we all like, love a good, sa- a good savings account. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a bad thing. It's always yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. I do have a question. So you were talking about like the processing fees and I, mm-hmm. and maybe this is like a state by state thing, but I often see, um, so like when you use Stripe or anything like that, you know, it takes, if you're using a card, it takes like a, a 3% processing fee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is like a, you know, money that you're losing, but then it is a business write-off. But I know that there are some businesses where it's like, it charges the the client, the 3%. Sure. And I've yeah. always wondered, I don't know if this is something you know or not, but I've always wondered like, what is the right thing where it like, can you do it either way, whether it's just like up to the business to decide to take that hit or if they want to pass it on to the client. Yeah. So as far as I know, it's a state by state ruling. So you have to look at okay. as far as I also know in California, you're not technically allowed to do that. Okay. You're not allowed to charge someone more for using a credit card. But you can name it a certain way, maybe where it's called a transaction or processing fee versus mm. a specifically I'm charging you because you're using a credit card fee. Yeah. Um, there are ways to get around that, I guess, if you feel obligated to, you know. But in general, you know, to keep everything kosher, I guess, is technically it's a write off for you. So you save the taxes on that fee amount anyways. And it's kind of just your operating expense as a business, truly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and it's hard to say no to credit cards because so many people pay with credit cards. You know, it's definitely yeah. the majority of people are choosing to pay that way because they get points or they have to pay up front, you know, mm-hmm. especially for like wedding related stuff. Yeah. And it's a way that they can budget is by mm-hmm. using a credit card. And so... It is a hard one, though, at the end of the month to see how much money you, you spend on merchant fees. I hate that number. I'm like, like, uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. But, I, I feel uh, like last year was the first like big year that I like saw like a large total, and I was like, oh my gosh, had so much money. <laughs> yes, but I also feel like you know it is so much more seamless for me to just take the hit myself because it makes the process easier on the client end and like yeah. they're used like their experience a lot better instead of being like, well, because you want to use a credit card now I'm going to like change your invoice to 3% more. And yeah. Um, and I feel like it, yeah, yeah it's just that, like better experience for yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, and, and if it's a larger package you're selling, a 3% mm-hmm. fee on top of that can be a really big number where they yeah. might say, oh man, like I had expected this amount and now it's $1,000 more or something because, mm-hmm. or it's $700 more because of sales tax. I'm oh, sorry, because of the credit card fee that's now being yeah. added on. Sales tax is a whole nother story. Yeah. But <laughs> Um, so I maybe mean, we can do another episode yeah, on sales tax. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sales tax. That's the hard one for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it could it could possibly make or break them 
and their budget by adding in a large credit card fee on top of their invoice. So it's, yeah, it's something to definitely just take into consideration as a part of your business expenses, I would say. And, you know, the higher that number gets, the better your business is doing. So you always have to like turn it around and say, yeah, you know, like, oh, the more taxes I have to pay is because I'm making more money and I'm more profitable, which is a good problem, even as hard as it is to, you know, make that tax payment at the end of the year. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's a good problem to have. And just in general too, um, you know, maybe another tip for small business owners, entrepreneurs is a lot of people really want to minimize their tax bill as much as they can, which is, is good and important. It's definitely a balance between um, making sure you're, you are claiming the most deductions you can. At the mm-hmm. same time, you also want to show some profit in case you have the goal of wanting to purchase a home or get a good loan on something, a car, uh, rent, renting a place. You know, they want to see, especially especially as a self-employed business owner, that yeah. you are making money and you're making money consistently year over year. And yeah. um, so that's something, you know, maybe five years from now or 10 years from now that you are wanting to do and you uh, need to, you know, lay the groundwork for that um, in the future. So it's, it's a balance, you know, and everyone has their own, totally. yeah. their own way of doing it and yeah. their own goals and everything. So it, it's just, there's a million things to consider, you know, come tax mm-hmm. time. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for people to remember too, is like everyone has different monthly expenses. And because I think there's Mm -hmm. a a common question of like, well, how much should I charge for my services? And I think it really comes down to like knowing your market, but also like, what are your expenses? Like really getting into your numbers of like, what do you need to survive every month? Because that, you know, like mine's very different than I'm sure yours is. And, you know, and it's all just based very on like a personal experience and like what your life looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of comes back to that, like profit first or pay yourself first, you know, like how Mm -hmm. much do you need to make? Everyone's going to have a different number there. And therefore you're going to reflect that in how much revenue do you have to bring in each month, you know, or how much in business expenses can I afford each month considering I have to pay myself X amount. Yeah. So it's, it's just a great way to, kind of start your budgeting process is looking at first, how much do I need to bring home and how much do I need to set aside for taxes Mm -hmm. and then work backwards from there see how much money is left over and then start assigning it to things, you know? Yeah. What would you say for like, in terms of write-offs, I know I've asked this before to other past bookkeepers and stuff of, we want to write stuff off throughout the year. And, you know, as the end of the year approaches, we're always like scrambling yeah. to like figure <laughs> out like, should we buy something else? Should we invest yeah. in something our business? What is typically, you know, like if you're going to buy a new computer for your business and it's like $2,000, uh-huh. how do people know because that $2,000 is a write-off, but you're not getting like $2,000 off your taxes. So like, what does that yeah. look like in terms of how much is actually being written off in your business? Is, is there like a percentage so, that's helpful for people? From what I understand, because I'm not necessarily the, on the tax side, mm-hmm. um, but I know when I organize it, I always separate out bigger purchases like that because... Okay. For laptops, I want to say it's anything under $2,500, you can write off in that year that you buy it, but they have to f- complete and submit a separate form in order to write off that whole amount the first year. 
Mm-hmm. And anything above 2,500 might be then considered like a piece of equipment that you then depreciate over X amount of years, depending on what it is. Okay. So it's say in your bookkeeping, like if you do buy a new laptop or a new camera or lens or something that's expensive in your books on your report, just make sure you create a separate line item for that or make a note so that when you do your taxes, you can bring that up to your your CPA or your tax preparer and they can do what they need to do on their end to file it and get the most uh, write off for you. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, you know, you could throw it in like office expense and it gets lost and right. now, you know, it's mixed in with target and Amazon yeah. <laughs> and iTunes store subscriptions. Okay. And so it's good just to have it separate, separated out always. So then you remember at the end of the year, like, oh yeah, I bought that computer and I yeah. need to talk to my tax person about that, you know, yeah. how to handle it. And, you know, as far as like uh, at the end of the year, wanting to buy something to save on taxes, it definitely depends. Like if you know you're going to have a, ta- a high tax year that mm-hmm. year in specific, then, you know, it's good to get the extra write-offs, but also sometimes you're spending a thousand dollars to save you know, $200 on taxes. So now you've still spent $800 more than you would have either way. Mm, yeah. So it's like, don't spend a dollar to save 20 cents necessarily. Right. Unless you actually, <laughs> unless you actually really do need like a new computer or something, then then do yeah. it, you know, but don't just go and buy a ton of stuff to save yourself because you're still spending more at right. the end of the day than you would have. So it's just, yeah, something to, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like, and it's so important too. like in the past, I know I've always kind of had like a, you know, a meeting in the fall to kind of see where I'm landing and like get a grasp on where I am. Like, do I need to spend more money? Maybe I don't need to invest in as much as I thought, you know, kind of seeing where every, all the numbers are falling. And I feel like my CPA in the past has always been like, if you don't have the money, don't spend it just because yeah. you feel like, you know, yeah. you want to get a bigger <laughs> tax write off. You know, she's like, spend it if it's like actually going to benefit your business and like really help you in the long term. Yeah, that's a good rule to just always follow. You know, if you genuinely need it and you have the money for it, buy it. But if you're stretching or putting it on a credit card, maybe, maybe reconsider, you know, maybe think next year. Well, we're headed to my, you know, my budget for next year. Um, Because every, at the end of every year, you're going to feel like you want some additional write-offs, you know, yep. to try to lower that tax bill. So it always catches up to you at some point, you know, mm-hmm. if you save it this year, you're going to be spending more next year or, or trying to find something else that you can purchase yeah. to um, help that. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adrian. I feel like this was really helpful and just tips and tricks for people and like how to manage their money and, yeah. you know, hire out if they can outsource. But tell us where people can find you. Do you have like a larger team? Can people reach out to you to still work with you if they're looking for a bookkeeper? Yeah. So um, you can find me over on Instagram. It's just at inline accounting. And then our website's inlineaccounting.com. We are taking uh, waitlist spots for 2021 monthly bookkeeping. So we're officially closed for 2020 and then having people sign up for starting January 1st, 2021. So if you are interested in outsourcing your monthly bookkeeping, starting fresh in the new year, then reach out and, and we'd love to chat with you. So yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And the last question I always ask everybody is, I'd love for you to share a local spot where you live so you can tell people, 
you know, what city you're in and a local favorite like restaurant or place you like to visit or used to like to visit because things are closed right now. But yeah, (laughs) I'd love to hear like what's a favorite local spot. Sure. So um, we just moved to Redlands in California, actually just officially moved two weeks ago. So we're still, you know, new to the area and trying to find some great favorite local spots. And there's a lot around here. There's a lot of really cool local restaurants and coffee shops and everything. But so far, the one place that I've gone multiple times, and I went today too, was uh, there's this little, like a smoothie and cafe kind of shop called Badger Bowls. And Mm -hmm. it's like a family run store. And they just have like the best smoothies, like healthy foods. Oh, nice. Smoothies, uh, acai bowls, salads, just like good ingredients you know not not necessarily like a a juice it up smoothie you know yeah. like the real smoothie that you like <laughs> the real deal <laughs> that you want to make at home you know but yeah. never turns out quite that good and yeah you feel healthy eating it at the same time awesome. yeah I love <laughs> so that that's, yeah that's been like the go-to place since cool. moving here a couple weeks ago yeah. but I'm there's get to explore sure more, more too. Yeah. yeah once we can For get sure. out and about more they'll I'm sure I want to find some really great coffee shops and stuff. Yeah, know, to go. I know. I today was just thinking about how I miss working in a coffee shop. Yeah, <laughs> just like nice being in there. It. Yeah, for sure. Changing awesome. it up from the home office. Exactly. Yeah, getting out of the <laughs> same space. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adrian. I so appreciate this yeah. and just um, giving your advice and tips and tricks to people and small business owners. And we'll definitely put all your information in the show notes and share it with all the listeners. So thanks for awesome. being on here. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to share with you all about my brand new business templates for fellow creative entrepreneurs. As a wedding planner and photographer, I have a lot of touch points with my clients that I felt needed to feel professional and on brand, but I struggled to find an easy way to create graphics. I knew what I liked, but I'm definitely not a graphic designer. I wanted it to look and feel like me without having to spend hours designing and obsessing over colors. That's when I thought that a template that I could easily update and make my own would really change my business. So I got to work. I worked with a designer friend of mine to create a welcome packet template and a mood board template that you can use for your clients to serve them in the best way possible. I'm really proud of what I've created and hope that it makes running your business a little more simpler and prettier. I'm so excited to share these with you because you can finally level up your business, create pretty documents for your clients and get your time back. No graphic designer needed, no fancy software to download. All you need is a free Canva account, know how to drag and drop photos and text, and you're set to go. Deliver your product or your service to your clients in the best way possible with these fully customizable and easy to use templates. Your clients are going to be impressed. Trust me. Just head to featheredarrowevents.com backslash shop to check them out and get your hands on these today. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired or maybe you gained a new perspective or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.